Are you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul. I'm the shrink who expands your life here with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. And I'm excited today about a couple of changes that we're making to the program, just for today at least. This is the first time that we have taken this show on the road, and we are recording, you might say, on location. (laughs) I've got my crew in southern Utah. We're in the beautiful city of St. George in uh, sunny southern Utah. And I have a couple of guests here with me that I'm going to introduce in just a moment. But first, I want to introduce the topic for today's show. Part of the theme, Live on Purpose, has to do with taking whatever it is that you have in this package that we call your life and crafting from that a masterpiece, really, something that, that you can love. Uh, One of our other coaches at Creation Tree Coaching uh, calls himself a legacy coach, Darren Johansson. And you've heard from him before on this program, and he says that you want to uh, love it, live it, and leave it. And that's what you do with your life. You love it, you live it, and then you leave it. And I don't know anybody who gets out of this alive. (laughs) So that puts some perspective on it. You are going through whatever you're doing and it's towards some end and your life has a great purpose live on purpose is all about helping you to understand what that purpose is and to fulfill it and to create from your life and the stuff of your life something that you can love and live and to leave to others also that's the legacy part of it so life happens and there are some difficult things that will happen and there's some uh parts of your package that you may not feel that you signed up for or that you would send in an application to have this particular life, but it is in fact your life. This is the one that you have, and this is the one that you get to uh, to create as you go through your life. So with that having been said, I want to uh, introduce my two guests. I have two men with me here today who I have known for a while now. Uh, probably a couple of years mm-hmm. that I've known the two of you. And uh, I pulled them in both independently. I didn't, uh, you know, uh, have them put it together and then I came in. I've, I've talked to each of them individually to participate on this show today for different reasons, but you'll see that there are some similar themes. And one of the men that I want to introduce to you is William, better known as Bill, Sigger. Say hello, Bill. Hello. Glad to meet everyone. Well, I'm glad to have you here with me. Thank you. We'll talk a little bit more about why you're on the show in just a minute. And then the other person who is here with me today is David Peterson. Time for you to say hello, David. Hello, David. (laughs) I kind of saw that coming. 
Somehow I knew. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad to have you with me here too. Uh, each of these men who are with me here today have a story that I think is inspiring and powerful. And as we talk about their stories, I want each of you listeners to think about the story of your own life. And it will be different from what Bill and David are going to share, but it is still a story. And so I'm looking at you guys, and I'm trying to figure out who to pick on first. And I'm thinking maybe David. Can I pick on you first, David? Absolutely. I, I, I had a meeting with you, what, about a year ago? Yes. Here in your home, and uh, was talking to you about a number of things, and you shared with me some of your story. And I would like to invite you to do that right now for a few minutes, to just share with the listeners who you are and what story it is that I'm referring to. I am the third of nine children raised on a farm in southern Utah. Uh, when I was four-ish, my older sister, who was six at the time, she was involved in a fire that was set by neighborhood boys, and she was burned to death. Mm. Nine months later, our infant, a nine-month-old baby, died of crib death. Um, I went on a mission when I was 19. At the time, my younger sister, who was 12, would have been 12, had she lived to her next birthday, contracted cancer and died two weeks after I entered the mission field. I knew that I would never see her again alive. Mm. Mm -hmm. At age 15, my family pretty much lost everything they had. We didn't even have a home to live in. And thanks to the generosity of the community, we were able to stay in our home and I just, when I was 27, mm -hmm. I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis three months after my 17-year-old daughter was diagnosed with the same issue. And we have mm -hmm. both done very well without medication. Okay. So here's this package. What, were you looking through a catalog or something and you thought, oh, yeah, okay, that one. I want that, That yes. looks good. <laughs> the, a lot of things that you mentioned there are, are difficult, painful things. You mentioned the multiple sclerosis, for example. And I know uh, from some of my personal experience with you that this has been a particular challenge to you over the last several years especially. Yes. And... There's, uh, there's a lot of perceptions, I think, out in the world about different things that happen in life. And people might hear that and start to assume or conclude things about what your life is like now. What do you think people would normally conclude about that? Or what's been your experience as you've shared that with people? Well, as a young man, I was very much involved in athletics I, every sport that my school had I was involved in I was very successful and in fact I had a full paid scholarship to a major university in Utah and 
Mm-hmm. The doctor said when I graduated from high school, I was going to go in for back surgery. So that ended my, I had hopes of going to the Olympics. Oh, wow. And people look at me today and say, you were active as you were in sports. What do you do? What can you do? You kid, All you can do is go forward. Mm-hmm. And make the best of your life. Well, that's not actually all you can do. In fact, that's part of the point of today's show because you have a choice, don't you? Yes, you do. I'm going to put that on pause, though, for just a minute because I want to come back to that. Okay. After we give Bill a chance to introduce himself a little bit and, and your package. Bill, who are you? Oh, I'm a great guy. <laughs> First of all, I'm That's David. an opinion, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, first of all, I'm a brother-in-law to David. And when I met David, he was a very young, energetic runner that was very active. And not only in running, but uh, singing and involved in plays and so forth. And to see the difference between he, how he's handling his life now as compared to when I first met him, when he first got married to my sister-in-law, is he should be proud. And I'm proud of him. So, anyway, that being said, we'll move on to me. Okay. My package in life is that I've had to have dealt, was dealing with homosexuality. Um, Early on in my life, uh, my lifestyle at my home was not great. Uh, My parents provided well. I didn't have any difficulties that way. I didn't have a lot of deaths or disappointments that way. My disappointments mainly in my life with my family was my relationship with my father mainly. Mm-hmm. And I eventually running into uh, gay activities mm-hmm. in my late teenage years as I attended college, which was a real eye-opener for me. And it's been a lifelong challenge for me, mainly because I didn't like being gay. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be gay. But I started making choices, mm-hmm. and each choice led me down the gay path. I was not making correct choices. Mm-hmm. That's one of my motivations in, in presenting myself is to show people that maybe a better choice at a younger age would save a lot of heartache and a lot of trouble. Mm. But I went through, I went through a lot of uh, encountered it in, uh, in, the, in college and then with the dean of music school and so on and so forth who accused me and who was kind of interested in me actually. Oh. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and he was my mentor and it was created quite a problem for me. I eventually mm-hmm. ended up moving on out and running away from college and those activities because I got involved with another guy, a roommate. I moved into the Navy thinking, that, well, I can move on. I want to become a father. I want to be a husband. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to put this all behind me. This is going to be a new world. And then I ran right back into it again. So I spent my life chasing myself, chasing this gay issue that was hanging around with me and making mm-hmm. choices. Mm-hmm. And my, uh, all mm-hmm. the choices I've made throughout my life, I finally did make one good choice, and that was to move on out of it. And another good choice is to show people how it can be done. That's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking as you're talking about this, Bill, that you just just rattled that off as if you know it's just something that's been totally easy for you to talk about and to share with people well you know that's not true i do and that's why i wanted to point that out to our to our listening audience because this is something that you carried with you as a very private battle a very private and personal battle for about 64 years for about 64 years now 68 well 66 maybe a couple Mm. years ago is when i 
Wow. Talk to you about it. Yeah. Right. I haven't done anything for 64 years. <laughs> no, you got a long way to go to catch up to me. <laughs> <laughs> but this is um, a huge acknowledgement, and I want to just take my hat off to both of you for being willing to share some things that have been very private, personal, difficult battles. And you can see uh, that, that both of these gentlemen have, have a different kind of a package. But we're going to talk today on our program about something that I call leveraging life's liabilities. Everyone has them. And everyone has a package. So if your package doesn't perfectly match David's or Bill's, and it probably doesn't, I don't know anyone who matches perfectly. But let's talk about some of the principles today about what you do with your package. And even if it's a package that some people would conclude that, oh, well, your life is going to stink because of that. And it doesn't have to. It is, in fact, a choice. That's what we're going to pick it up with as we come back from this break. Hi, this is Jason Adams, one of the co-founders of CashflowParadigm.com. We created Cashflow Paradigm as a way to help others look at money differently. What are your beliefs about money? Is it good or bad? Many people have beliefs that limit their control over money and don't even realize it. The thing most people don't realize is that their beliefs about money greatly affect the amount of money and prosperity they have. It's all about your paradigm. Come play a fun game with us called Cashflow 101, created by best-selling author Robert Kiyosaki. Come meet new people and check your paradigm as we learn principles that govern our personal and financial lives while having fun together. Currently, we are holding monthly game nights in Provo and St. George, Utah. Go to our website at www.cashflowparadigm.com to register for upcoming events. That's www.cashflowparadigm.com. This is Ross Kellen Moore of Creation Tree Coaching, and I've got two questions for you. Who are you? What do you want? You see, I've figured out that you and I can absolutely create anything that we really want. But to do that, we've got to be absolutely clear on who we really are and what we really want. So what do you want? More financial abundance? More fulfilling relationships? A higher level of health and fitness? How about finding your work that allows you to create massive value for others in the way that you love most? Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching. We are the world's premier provider of abundance, education, and resources. We are here to help you create the life you really love. Begin now at creationtreecoaching.com. Check out our live teleseminar classes and podcasts. Get to know our coaches and schedule a coaching session. Explore training for your business and employees. Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching and a whole new world that you create on purpose. back. We've had an interesting discussion so far as we've set up today's topic, leveraging life's liabilities. And I have Bill and David here with me, and they've each shared a little bit about their story, which may have gotten you thinking a little bit about your own package. I hope that it does. I hope that you all start to think about what your own package is 
and then apply the principles that we talk about today in your own life and see what kind of a difference it can make. Each of you, Bill and David, have shared with me prior to the show that there were times in your life when you were handling this package in a way that was not necessarily creating a life that you love. And there are ways of seeing it. We've talked before on the show, for example, about the victim paradigm and the hero paradigm or the agent paradigm. They're very different. In fact, they're polar opposites to each other. And I'm wondering if, uh, if you'd feel comfortable sharing just a little bit about what that was like for you as you, as you may have handled it differently in the past. What was it like for you? David, you want to take it? Well, since I was so involved in athletics, I was very, um, I was kind of macho. I thought there's no way that what happens to other people can happen to me. Kind of the invincible yes. approach, huh? Yes. And I, as I went through life, I was thinking, it's bad enough that it happened to me, but my daughter as well. Mm. It, it, it's just not, it's not real. Mm-hmm. And I could have laid down and, and basically died right then and there. Mm. But I realized that life was going to go on regardless of what happens to me, regardless mm-hmm. of what I do with my past. The past is behind me. All mm-hmm. I've got is the future. Mm-hmm. And I need to make the most of that for my wife, my children. And I'm so grateful for a, a wife mm-hmm. who's been as supportive as she has. Mm-hmm. I've got Bill May fault me for saying this, but I, I got the pick of the letter. Of, of her. <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. These two married sisters, <laughs> if you missed correct. that from the first <laughs> part of the show. But she has been very positive and she's had a good attitude and as a result I have changed my paradigm. So uh, your attitude at first was not very good, huh? No. Why should I go forward? Why should I even try? Kind of the whole why me. That's right, exactly. Well, and you mentioned that you had this this athletic past and you developed a perception of yourself as being a, kind of a macho, studly... Invincible. Invincible athlete. Yes. And And yet you have this diagnosis that doesn't match with that picture. Yes. So you struggled with that for a while. Yes, I did. How long? I would say probably three or four years. Mm-hmm. And since then, I mean, if I had known now, then what I know now, my wife, my life would have been a lot different. I would have made more of, I, I would have been more of an influence on other people who would have issues themselves. That's interesting how you said that. People who have issues themselves. Who does that include? Everybody. Everybody. (laughs) And that's what I was thinking when you said that. Everybody. And as long as you stay stuck in your victim mindset, you're not helping them. Exactly. You're not inspiring anyone when you do that. That's correct. So you came to a realization that helped you to move to move beyond that. Yes. Can you share a little bit about what it is that you realized or how, how you came to that? 
I don't I don't know that there's any one thing. Um, I just realize that I have this package that I need to I need to make the most of. That I need to go forward and do what I can with my life, and be as effective for helping other people as possible. Mm-hmm. And what difference did that make? It made has made a major difference. Uh, if I had known five years ago what I know now, I would have I would have succeeded in so many other areas of my life, mm-hmm. and I would have been had an influence on on my family, my wife, my children, my mm-hmm. daughter. You know, I just thought of um, something that was shared on this show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you you and your wife are familiar with the Fred Factor, yes. And uh, Mark Sanborn, who's the author of that book, and he makes a point in that book. One of the principles in the Fred Factor is that everyone makes a difference. Everyone makes a difference, and we're tempted sometimes to think, "Oh, well, that means everybody has but, potential." Mm-hmm. Isn't that nice? Right, but no. What what Mark's trying to point out there is that everyone has a difference. You don't have a choice in the matter. You're going to make a difference, no matter what. You can't not make a difference. So the only question is, what kind of difference? Good or bad? Right. And I'm hearing you say that that some of those first years, as you were struggling with your own acceptance of this package in your life, you were making a difference for your family, weren't you? Yes, I was. But it's not the kind that you wanted to make? No, it is not. I'm glad you've got things turned around. <laughs> and we'll talk more about that in just a few minutes, too, because I want to really focus on on what kind of difference we can make when we make that choice. Choice. Okay, Bill, this is a key word for you, isn't it? Yeah, very. It is. Will you talk a little <clears throat> bit about what what realizations you came to? Well, first of all, uh, you chose to handle this in a particular way for many, many years. And that included keeping it to yourself, keeping it as a very private struggle. Uh, you had developed some perceptions of yourself that were not very favorable. Okay, and I'm I'm using very kind words, I think. Because <laughs> yeah, you, you were beating yourself up, weren't you? <laughs> exactly. I, as, a, as a young man... I found myself uh, running away from myself, uh, running away from being gay, but running back into it every time because of the choices I was making, not realizing that I was choosing the way I was being. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, I, I'm like uh, anyone else and thought, well, why me? Why did I have to be gay? Why did, why, I don't want to be called a queer or whatever the terms that go with that. So you said the why me too. Huh? I did the why me thing. In fact, I, oh, when boy. I <laughs> It's a, it's an interesting thing because we think, well, you taught me, well, why not me? Mm-hmm. And that was a huge eye opener for me. Uh, when you didn't want to accept that no, at first I when didn't. I suggested that to you. No, no, I kept this all very private as I, as I struggled through my life and finally kicked the habit. But it took the arm twisting of uh, I, I could say my arm, my father and head had an arm lock on me and he kept twisting it. Mm-hmm. So I said, Uncle. Mm-hmm. When I came to the realization, okay, I can do something about this. I can change. Mm-hmm. But I had to make that paradigm shift in thinking and, in, tra- and transform that. And that's not an easy thing to do. It's a process. Mm. Sometimes a very painful process, very, right? Yes, very painful. But really, is it any more painful <clears throat> than living in a victim mode? No. 
Heavens, no. <laughs> that <It> seems <clears throat> almost ridiculous on this end of it, after you've made that realization and seen that choice. But we resist making a choice sometimes because of the pain or because of the difficulty of making that kind of a choice. Yes. It, with, it, with me is that I just was so down on myself. I thought, I don't want to be this way. I hate it. I don't want it, you know. And then as I, as I intermingled with all the gay young men in San Francisco, uh, they seemed to accept it, you know. It's the way it is. They were, seemed happy and whatnot. I never was happy with it. I never, I never came to grips with uh, being satisfied with, with that lifestyle I was living. Uh, I never felt it was right. I was any, it was against anything I was ever taught or anything. And all the values that I've ever had as I grew up. And so it was uh, an interesting fight within myself. And I was very stubborn about it because I kept jumping back into it, back out of it, back into it, back out of it. And it took a pretty dramatic event in my life to, to shove me out of it. It was, uh, mm. and, you know, a forced sexual abuse situation. Mm-hmm. And I ran, and I ran hard, but I made a different choice after that. I put it behind me. So choice. Mm-hmm. That's become one of the, one of the s- standards for you. I know you talk a lot about this. And you're, you're putting your experiences into a book. And uh, we'll probably talk about this a little bit more in the last segment, but I wanted to comment about this process that you've gone through. Here's something, and, bu- and both of you, really, as you go through these difficult experiences in your life, you have to come to a point where you, where you have some level of acceptance. And like you're saying, Bill, the acceptance doesn't have to be, well, this is just the way my life has to be. It's more of a, okay, here's my package, I'm okay with that, and you accept it as a package. And then you start asking an an important question, what am I going to do with this? Given that this is my package, what am I going to do with it? And start making a different choice. And I'm I'm thinking also about something that you just said, David, about, um, about the influence and the the kind of difference that you can make for your family and for other people. And the choices that you make can be geared toward using this package that you have to create value for others. Which brings me to to the point of your book, Bill. At some point, and I remember some discussions with you where you were just really resisting letting anyone know about this little battle that was going on inside of your mind, including your family. And I think it came out in one, of the, in one of the meetings that we were having that maybe you could record some of your experiences in a book form. And I know, and I remember my response. What was your response I to that? I turned to you and I said, absolutely not. I am not writing a book. I think it might have been stronger than that, Bill. Because <laughs> that was the most unthinkable thing that you oh, could absolutely. imagine at I'm, the time. I never thought in a million years I'd be sharing those experiences. So why on earth would you do that? Why would you consider that? Help others. To help others. Yes. Have you seen how it's been helping you? Absolutely. Absolutely. But your goal was to help others using this experience that you've had in life. To choose a different way and choose it younger. If I, if I would have had some different structures in my life when I was making bad choices, then maybe I would have made a good choice at that time. 
and, and sidestep all these heartaches and mm. heartbreaks that I had all my life. Let's continue with this topic when we come back from our next break. Living in a nice big house with a sunny little pool and I'll be cool. I'll always have a gig I'll be big. I'll have parties with friends and places to go. This is Kirk Weasler to tell you about morebetterbooks.com. Morebetterbooks.com is where you can find more better books for a more better life. Not only that, let me tell you about some of the very fun and cool select titles on morebetterbooks.com. You'll want to get a copy of The Dog Poop Initiative. This best-smelling book could change your life forever. It certainly changed the lives of thousands of Boeing employees, as well as school teachers, parents, leaders across the United States and in Israel and in Germany. And you can get your own copy at morebetterbooks.com. Whoa, that's not all. What about The Cookie Thief? This classic tale told in a rhyming format, fully illustrated with very fun hidden messages. Pick up a copy now today on morebetterbooks.com. Other great titles there, Finding Your Pathway to Mastery, Beyond Illusions, Make It Great. These titles are only available on morebetterbooks.com. Go to morebetterbooks.com today and begin to have a more better life and live that life on purpose. I've got a great idea. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. Ever lost your car keys, your iPod, a remote control, or even your wallet? How often do you have to search for things that you lost? At one point in time, you put something somewhere, and now you don't remember where it was. The frustrating aspect of this common annoyance lies in the fact that you yourself can't remember where you put it. There is a new idea that is taking shape with the intention to end this problem. Yasuo Kuniyoshi has created a pair of eyeglasses that records everything you see. By appearances, these glasses are normal prescription glasses. But when you lose something, you no longer have to search for it. You just push rewind on your video glasses and watch for the missing items. But that is not all. These glasses have intelligent software that allows them to remember objects. You can look at your wallet with your glasses and say, wallet. The software will remember that this is your wallet and if you ever need to find your wallet you simply say to the glasses when did I last see my wallet? They will go back in the video recordings and show you the last time you saw your wallet. Congratulations Yasuo Kuniyoshi on a visionary idea. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com with the World of Ideas Report. I've got a great idea Wouldn't you like to know You probably Okay, David, during the break, you mentioned something about how important it is to turn to and connect with your family. Absolutely. Your key relationships, your spouse, your kids. Would you comment a little bit about that and how that can help someone as they're handling their package in life? There was a time probably that my wife seriously considered divorce. 
I put her through, uh, oh, what do you call it? You weren't being very fun to live with? No. She went through the life change at 30 years old, or 35 years old, mm-hmm. because I was so negative about life in general. I, had, I was in a career that had lasted over 20 years, and I, I was miserable, and I was making my wife miserable and my children miserable. And then I realized that I needed, I needed to make a change. So I mm-hmm. left this 21-year career. Mm-hmm. And I realized from that point on that life, life was good. And I, I am sorry that I put her through so much heartache. Life is good despite the diagnosis. Yes. You said that quickly. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's been a liberating realization for you. Yes. Because you can't make the diagnosis go away, right? No, you cannot. They haven't found a pill or a quick fix or a cure for MS. Well, I mentioned that the neurologist wanted to put put us, both my daughter and me, on medication. Mm-hmm. But it was $10,000 a piece per year. And I said, uh, it's not worth it to me or to mm-hmm. my daughter. And we've, she, my daughter has three children. And I, I am so grateful that I've had those opportunities mm-hmm. that I just said, enough is enough. It sounds to me like the quality of your life, and probably you're downplaying this a little bit, David, because I've talked to you before about it, and I know that you were in a place that was just miserable. That's right. And the quality of your life has increased dramatically, and not because of some miracle drug or anything like that. No. It's because of an attitude change and a choice to start handling this package in a way that was different from how you were handling it before. Yes, absolutely. I could have you do a rating maybe, you know, how (laughs) zero to a hundred. How great was your life then? How great is it now? And there would be a big difference, wouldn't there? A negative 20 then, positive 100 now. (laughs) It didn't get much better than that. So life is good. Life is wonderful. What would be the message that you would want our listeners to come away with from today's show? What do you want them to understand? Know that whatever, whatever package they are given in life, they can overcome anything that they have give, been given. They can make their life either miserable on one hand or wonderful on the other. The, another thing that happened during the break... You said regardless of your package, right? Right. And you guys were, during the break, you were kind of exchanging a little bit where I think, Bill, you first said, oh, you're doing great, David. You know, you really impress me. And David responded with, well, you really impress me. (laughs) You know, we had this little context test going on. You guys know about each other's package. Yes. And you still like each other? Absolutely. (laughs) Great. (laughs) (laughs) This is something that I wanted you to comment about, Bill, because you had this fear. David talked about getting connected with your family and and allowing them to be part of your life, package and all. And you resisted that. Oh, absolutely resisted that. You resisted. Now, your wife knew about this history of yours. Oh, yes. My wife knew knew about my, my history, but my children didn't. Mm-hmm. And um, 
uh, it was... And these are grown children with their own families. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when we, we had discussed this, possibly ex- sharing my uh, story to others, I came to the realization that my, maybe my unique purpose in life was to share my life story, that I can help others make different choices. In order to accomplish this, I had to sit my family down and tell them about my past. So what was that like for It was an extremely emotional time, and it was a very positive thing. It, uh, I felt really, really good about it, and they were very accepting. My younger daughter was a little bit stunned because she thought I knew what she, she was gonna, I was going to tell, mm-hmm. but she had no clue. And anyway, it was, it was a marvelous experience, and, and uh, I shot up about 50 or 60 points on my son-in-law's podium mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he just told me he admired me for what i did and i remember he talked example. to me about that yeah. a little bit mm-hmm. so they didn't hate your guts and run away screaming no no they did not now i want to make a point of that because i know that some of you listening to this program right now are struggling with a private personal battle in fact if you're not i would be kind of surprised now, those vary in magnitude and in appearance, okay? Everybody has their own package, but you have yours. And I just want you to consider for a minute how much you might be clinging to that and holding it inside of yourself when there is an abundance of, of love and acceptance and people around you who are close to you and who care about you and want you to succeed who will not reject you because of this package, in fact, they have their own package, too. And, and you said something about respect. Admiration and respect increases as you humbly share your package in a way that's intended not to elicit a victim, you know, a pity party, kind of a victim response, but when you share it with the intention of, of liberating yourself and others from the captivity that holds them inside of these private battles. And Bill, I remember as you were going through that (laughs) and and just struggling with, oh my heavens, you know, what's going to happen? If if anyone knew about this, they would just hate me, you know? And I I don't know if I'm overstating that or not. Well, maybe not overstating it. It's just, it's such an embarrassment. You know, the package that I have, it was always an embarrassment to me. And uh, the one thing that you taught me is that well, why not? And that was the, that was a key thing to me. It sounds so simple now, mm-hmm. but uh, when I say why me, why am I gay? And you said why not? And I didn't have a good answer to that. Stumped you. And then huh? the other you stumped me really good. And the other thing you said was, you think you're the only one who has this package? Well, obviously not. There's a lot that mm-hmm. has this package. A lot of them are dealing, you know, dealing with it every day and trying to find acceptance in their behavior, mm-hmm. trying to you know, dealing with it and handling it in a different way than I have. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it, was a, it was a great awakening for me. And uh, as I slowly but surely revealed to everybody about my book, and I've even been hesitant of that a little bit, because it's, it's still, you know, you carry that, I call it shame, but it's mm-hmm. not really shame. It's a package. You learn to mm-hmm. deal with it. And I realized that I'm the sum total of my own choices. My mm-hmm. very character is defined by my choices. So whatever I am now That's is right. exactly what I chose to be. And you continue to make those choices. It's not like you're done. No. Nope. And now you're going to be judged on everything that you've done. No. Nope. You're not done yet. Not until we hit that 
that uh, casket. So you can, and who knows then? I haven't interviewed many people who have gone beyond that. Mm-hmm. But uh, you continue to make the choices that affect your life that way. And this question, why not me, was powerful for you, Bill, right. I, and, and David, for you as well. Because you were asking, why me, for quite a while. Absolutely. And when you shifted over to, well, why, why not me, it made a difference. I've had the attitude that I am grateful that I have this package rather than my wife or my children. I, I am so thankful that I've had to deal with this situation and other. It's been put on me instead of somebody else. Now, this sounds just a little crazy, David. You've got a diagnosis of MS. Mm-hmm. And you're saying you're grateful for this package? Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks, wow. Leonard. Wow. Well, th- I want you listeners to just contemplate how powerful that is. What if this thing that is the most uh, difficult part of your package, what if you could get to the point where you truly feel grateful for it? And, and that means that you're able to recognize the richness that this brings into your life. And there are things that are in your life right now that would not be there were it not for this package. Do you see that now, David? Yes, I do. And those things are things that you are very grateful for. Your ability to influence your family for good. Do you think that's influenced by this diagnosis? Yes, I do. And you are making a difference one way or the other, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm glad you made a different choice. What about you, Bill? Are you to the point where you're grateful for this package? Yeah, I, I finally I've learned to accept the package and, and learn from it and grow from it. As you taught us last night about our life's giant. This is my giant, and I'm still chipping away at it, and it's a, lifetime, it's a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. And it's not something you can just you know, throw away. You have different things and different thoughts and things that are in your memories that you, know, that you can't kick away. But you can't tuck them away and handle them differently. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's one of the keys. Just tuck them away and move on and learn and grow and, and, and accept uh, mm-hmm. the lessons. And if I haven't learned them all yet, I'm still learning. Do you remember last night, uh, both of you attended a, an event where I was a speaker. Mm-hmm. And, we, excuse me, and we did talk about facing your giants. And at one point in the presentation, I shared a video clip. It was a clip from Harry Potter. And these three kids were confronted by this huge beast. His name was Fluffy. (laughs) It's a three-headed monster, right? Dog type thing. And uh, as they're running away, uh, the girl with the group, Hermione, says to Ron and Harry, well, didn't you notice what it was standing on? And Ron responds with, well, I wasn't looking at its feet. I was a bit preoccupied with its heads. <laughs> and right. she said it was standing on a trap door. It was guarding something. And that caught their attention. It was guarding something. Ask yourself, why are these giants here? This giant that's in my life, why is it there? And perhaps it's guarding something. And as long as you cower before it you don't get to get what it's guarding and you guys have opened up some treasures for yourselves and for your families we'll bring some summary to that when we come back from this break 
If the pile of books you want to read is growing faster than the pile you have read, then Abundant Reading Systems can help you. After taking Abundant Reading Systems course, I dramatically increased my ability to expand my knowledge in a much more efficient way. My fastest test today was in the 7,000 words per minute. I highly recommend this program from what I've seen it do for other people who've been through the entire program and from what I've seen in myself today. I've teamed up with Abundant Reading Systems to offer a single-day intensive speed reading workshop that will at least double your reading speed, guaranteed. This belief started to grow inside of me that I thought, oh, I can really do this. I can read you know, as fast as I let myself read and uh, ended up doubling my time, my speed reading time, which was really good. This is David Hinton, founder of Abundant Reading Systems. I want to personally invite you to join us for our next event. Visit AbundantReadingSystems.com now. Abundant Reading Systems, reading at the speed of imagination. This is Dr. Paul. You've heard me talk about a lot of things on this show, and I've interviewed some pretty amazing guests. I love what I do, and one of the nearest things to my heart is my role as a husband and father. I've worked a lot with others who place a strong emphasis on family, and I feel this is my primary purpose, to help others save and enrich their key relationships. It's in this spirit that I invite you parents to join me for a free weekly dose of parental power. Register for this free teleconference at drpaul.org or send me an email at drpaul at creationtreecoaching.com You will receive an email with the call-in number and access code. The calls are live every Tuesday morning from 11.30 to 12 o'clock Mountain Time. I'd love to be part of your parenting team. You know what? During the break, and we're just finishing up a conversation, you could tell as the mics were coming on. Uh, you said something that caught my attention. You said, that it's easier to talk about than I thought. Right. It is. It's a lot easier. I find like I have a lot more to say than you're going to give me time to say. That's true, because <laughs> we only do a one-hour show. When, you know, it's exciting to, to know that you, you, know, you can have your, your life change and be able to share it with other people. And hopefully that makes some other person's life even better or they can grasp and make a turns in their lives to the better, maybe at a younger age or even now, it, it, even if you're older sometimes. Oh, I was older when, when I talked to you about it and, and uh, what a change it makes into your attitude, into your life, how you feel about yourself, how you feel about life. Well, you're, you're as young as you'll ever be. That's right. <laughs> you can't start any younger. Well, you got that right. So just go for it now. David, what about you? As you were talking about uh, the four-minute mile barrier last night, and you said when Roger Bannister broke that barrier, the floodgates opened, and left and right, everybody broke that four-minute barrier. Mm -hmm. Absolutely every one of us has the ability 
that anybody else has. I could have broken that four-minute barrier had I stayed in the running game. Now, you were a runner. Yes, I was. And as I recall, your record was uh, maybe 20 seconds faster or slower than that. 428.8 was my fastest, and that's what I took first place in the state of Utah for. Now, I've got a miler over here at the control panel, and so he can appreciate that too. My son uh, is a runner. So the capability is there. It's there. I like the concept too that when when you face your giants and when you when you break those barriers, so to speak, it inspires other people. It does. And so I I want both of you to just contemplate where you were oh, I don't know, two, three years ago. Okay? Maybe longer, maybe shorter, just depending on your own time frame. Would you have imagined that you would be sitting here today in front of a microphone talking so freely about these things to all of the listeners who are tuning in? No way. Would you have seen yourself? No way. No way. Mm -mm. Not at all. Never even entered my mind. (laughs) And now how do you feel about it? Well, I feel great about it. Uh, it, It's kind of an extension of of writing this book because I'm laying my whole life out before everybody. So there's not going to be much stuff to, to tell other than that, that every, you know, that anyone can, everyone, anyone can find out just by reading it. So it's uh, Bill, what are you going to do if you don't have a whole bunch of stuff to hide? Well, I don't know. I think I'd probably find a few things. Do you think that might free up any kind of energy in your life to go out there and be productive? If you can just, just get this thing out of where it was and put it to productive use. Because I know, and let's talk for a minute about this book, shall we? Okay. You have, have come up with an idea for a book that basically uh, tells your story. My autobiography. It's an autobiographical mm-hmm. book. And I know you've been working on this for a while. Yes. And you did not want to do this. No, nope, I've changed it many times. And you've blamed me before, <laughs> but I know that it's your choice. It is, it's my choice. To do this, and it's something that is, has really helped you to come to terms with what you're going to do with your package. But the thing that I am so excited about, two things really, I believe that there are other people in this world who have a similar package. Absolutely. Who are stuck in a place, and maybe it's not homosexuality, maybe it's something else, but they're feeling stuck and and they hate it, and they don't know what they're going to do with it, and they don't realize that they have a choice. I say write it. That's been the biggest help for me is writing my, my, writing my story down on paper. My wife can see a significant difference in me just because I wrote it. Oh, your family likes you again. Oh, I think so. <laughs> they better. <laughs> you know, and I say that kind of jokingly, but you know what? When we get stuck in our victim mode, we're not much fun to be around. No, that's we true. are not much fun to be around. David, you commented about that earlier. That's right. There were times, and I know your wife, and she is one of the most tolerant, accepting, wonderful people I know. That's why she's a sister to my wife. And, and your They're wife. Both tolerant. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You same guys thing. did pick well. Yeah, we get picks to the litter. And, uh, and even so, <laughs> when you get stuck in that victim mindset, it's not fun to be around you. Nope. And you can acknowledge that now. Absolutely. True. So the thing that excites me about that, Bill, is that it has, I have watched it create freedom for you to, to, to just take on this package, and you're going to do something different with it now. 
I know that it's going to create some freedom for other people. It will. But what a great example of taking life's liabilities, those things that are, that are just sitting there in your life and creating all kinds of expenses for you emotionally, physically, mentally, and doing something different with it so that it creates income for you. And I'm talking about human life income, happiness, satisfaction, and a sense of freedom from something that has held you captive for so long. That's wonderful. And I would really love to see more people take a look at their liabilities, whatever it is that's, that's sitting on your liabilities sheet, and figure out something else to do with it. Put it to some productive use. Don't you think that there's a reason for it? Don't you think that your experience in life could possibly benefit someone else? And quit being so selfish as to keep it to yourself. Now, that's a different concept, that too, is isn't it? real no. different to being selfish about homosexuality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Uh, you didn't realize you were being selfish, did you? I did, did not. You? I did not know that, no. In fact, you thought you were sparing everyone all mm. of the trauma of knowing. No, I was sparing myself from being embarrassed. But it was really kind of selfish. It was. And as you complete this project, I am so excited for the people, for the souls out there, who will receive an increased measure of freedom in their own life because you had the guts to leverage your liability. Right. That's what impresses you, right, David? Uh, Yes, it does. I look at the gentleman that you shared on the clip that his son was a paraplegic or quadriplegic, had to communicate by... Oh, yeah, Team Hoyt. Team Hoyt. Mm -hmm. Go Google him, people, if if you don't know about Team Hoyt. Go to YouTube, actually, and type in Team Hoyt and, and watch the videos. I, I promise you'll be impressed. If he can but do go it, on, David. I can do it. Mm-hmm. If he can do it, everybody can do it. There's nothing that they can't overcome. Isn't it true that the thing that impresses you the most about them is not so much that they're doing triathlons, but that they're doing triathlons yeah. in the face of this package that they have? Yes, But they're doing it together. And they're doing it together. Which brings, this is a great time to, to summarize some of these points. Everyone, everyone has a package. You have a package. I have a package. Everyone has a package. You don't necessarily sign up for or apply for this package. It's just the one you have for whatever reason. And we won't get into all the philosophies about why you have it. But you got it. Okay? And it's not a bad package, it's just a package. Everyone has it. It is a choice. And this is one of the first points we hit today. Mm-hmm. It is a choice what you are going to do with that package. The fact, David, that you have MS. Or Bill, that you have homosexuality in your background. What does that mean about your life? Well, my favorite answer as a shrink is... It depends. That's right. (laughs) It depends on what you're going to do with it. Mm -hmm. The package itself does not determine anything about the quality of your life except to the extent that you make a choice. Right. And it's your choices that will determine that. That, That's the most powerful message of today's show, I think. Another part of what we covered today is to turn, turn to and align with those key relationships in your life. And family, family is one of the most important places to do that. 
Now, I know everybody out there has a different family situation. But in terms of the importance of your relationships, I believe that there's five levels, and I've shared this on the show before, too. First, with your creator. Second, with yourself. Third, with your family. Fourth, with other people. And fifth, with things. And that those key relationships are the important resources that you have to handle your life and all of the liabilities that are in it. And I think if you skip that part, you're, you're going to be soaked. <laughs> you're going to be toast. And then uh, perhaps another thought that I wanted to reinforce here too. It's easier than I thought. That's right. You fear this stuff more than you have to. <laughs> Don't you? That's right. And once you break through, and I've heard both of you express this today, David and Bill, both of you, that there is some sense of, oh, gosh, you know, if, if, I, if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have waited so long. Or I wish I would have done this earlier. And I hear that so many times from my clients and, and the people that I associate with, that it's not as bad as you think. All of those fears that you have, they're probably worked up in your mind. A, a fellow at our retreat last week shared a comment that life is much kinder than the stories we make of it. That's right. And uh, we're generating these stories. Bill, I want to give people a way to get in touch with you because I know you've got a book coming out. Uh, you've got an email address that mirrors the title of your book. That's correct. And the title is Into the Light. A Gay Man's Choice for Love and Family is the name of the book. Okay. And, and Into the Light, a choice at InfoWest.com is my internet site if you're interested or have any questions. That's your email address. That's my email address. So Into the Light, a choice. Right. And it's all one word. Right. Into the Light, a choice at InfoWest.com. That's correct. And so people, if they have questions about today's program or or some of your experience, they could email you at that address. Email me, questions, help. You need help, need answers, you want my book, whatever you need, I'm here. That's now, David, you're, you're not coming out with a book. No, I don't. I'll get them on. At one. least yet, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> if people have questions or, or comments for you, is there some way that you'd like them, for them to reach you? They can reach me at dwpeterson at skywireusa.com. Peterson. At, at skywireusa.com. Okay. Your son, I think, said no. Peter's son? Peter's son, S-O-N. Okay, good clarification. Thank you, Bill. This has been a fantastic experience for me to have the two of you come and share that experience. Thank you so much for being willing to share some of your life story with our listeners. We thank you for that opportunity. Well, spread the word, everyone. We're here living on purpose. It doesn't matter what your package is. you got a choice to make. And we hope that you will make the choice to live on purpose. We'll be back next time. <laughs>